1: Hi there and welcome to Comedy Album Book Club, the podcast in which we listen to an influential, loved, hated or rarely heard comedy album and then talk about it with comedians and comedy nerds. I'm your host, Jason DeLine, an actor and comedy enthusiast. In this episode, we discuss Lenny Bruce's album, Live at Carnegie Hall, recorded on February third, 1961. It was released as an album of about a half hour, and in 1972, an unabridged version was released, which was about two hours. We recommend listening to whichever version you have the time for before listening to the rest of this episode. Leonard Alfred Schneider was born October 13, 1925, in Mineola, a village on Long Island in New York. He served in the U.S. Navy during World War II, once getting reprimanded for doing a comedy show for his fellow shipmates while dressed in drag. The incident resulted in him being discharged as the ship's medical officer was convinced he was having homosexual tendencies. Back in New York, Bruce started his comedy career, unsure of how to stand out among the other comedians in the city. One of these comics, Joe Ansis, took Lenny under his wing and helped him find his voice. In 1947, after changing his name to Lenny Bruce, his first stand-up performance in Brooklyn earned him $12 and a spaghetti dinner. He developed a free-form style that was known for satire, political commentary, sex, religion, and vulgarity. He released four albums and touched on topics that other comics wouldn't speak about for decades, such as abortion, drugs, and racism. In 1964, he was convicted in an obscenity trial, which he was later pardoned for by Governor Pataki in 2003, 37 years after his death in 1966, a hero to many comedians, Bruce broke down many barriers and was a champion of free speech. His influence is widely felt. He was immortalized in the 1974 Bob Fosse film, Lenny, starring Dustin Hoffman. Today, I'm joined by my producer and fellow comedy nerd, Matthew Ardill and comedian, Andrew Lazotte. How are you, fellas? Great. Good. Great. Great. Thanks, thanks for th- having me. Thanks for, ha- for, for being here. I'm always had here. Not thanks for... <laughs> letting me be had as well. Uh so I'll ask you first Andrew. Uh so you're a big fan of uh Lenny, right? Oh, totally, yeah. Yeah, what was do you remember your first uh your first time hearing him uh or this album?
0: Um I think I was uh, probably about 19. Uh hmm. someone got me a bootleg box set of something called Lenny Bruce Beyer Beware as a birthday present for just right. being like, "Oh, you would really love this person and I had never actually heard a Lenny Bruce bit before. Right. Did you um, know who he was or I I knew that he cursed and got in trouble for it. And <laughs> did I was that just appeal like, to you? At nineteen I'm like, yeah, cursing is fight the power. Shit. Is, is anyone's mom home? I'm gonna say shit. <laughs> uh.
1: And when you heard it, were you a fan right away?
0: I was just because there was ideas expressed that I'd never thought of before. And he did it in such a way that was still like palatable and interesting. And I also mm. just liked it it's sort of a backwards way to learn about like the fifties and sixties. Right. Um, yeah. And it, it's funny because like listening to him talk about stuff, it got me into jazz, and then I found all my grandmother's old jazz albums. Mm. So it it was, uh, yeah. And, and did you enjoy that? Did you get into jazz because of Lenny and Bruce? I, I, I actually did. I oh. am one of those pretentious people that actually <laughs> like, uh. like jazz, <laughs> not all jazz. Like I'll, I'll pick an era or some stuff's too weird, but I think that's like any musical genre. Like there's something good in every genre and there's bad things in every genre. Cause sure. yeah. So we, we skipped over your intro a little bit. You are a
1: comedian here in Toronto. yes, 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 and yes. And
0: you host a monthly show at Comedy Bar called... Stupid Fancy. So can you tell us what that is? So basically, I get a different local artist every month to do an exhibition of their work, about like 10 to 14 pieces. And then comedians... This is,
1: what do you mean? Oh, like visual art, like paintings uh, vi- or... You
0: know what? Honestly, uh, visual art paintings. Right. Uh, I had a tattoo artist up oh, last wow. month. I'm having... Uh, uh someone read tarot cards okay for the comedians next month i've had uh, uh clay and like actual sculpture art it really depends wow. on the month it's whatever you want to make it and then the comedians do what with that they base their set on the art that Completely they've never seen before set yeah it's sort of wow. like a rorschach test for uh for comedians <laughs> wow it sounds terrifying it, yeah, it is. How does, it is. It's well attended and it's uh, it's fun. I imagine. Yeah, <laughs> surprisingly, surprisingly,
1: it's probably a lot different than the. Average, no, I, uh, I get
0: up there and I see the audience. And I'm like, wow! I thought I really alienated everybody, but really. Uh, <laughs> And then I just doubled down on it. I, I bought several silk smoking jackets to wear oh, nice. during the show. Nice. I also have a giant bucket of fortune cookies if they get stuck. So I'm just like, well, here's another idea, but it's not too simple.
1: <laughs> so you, you've written you've written the fortune cookies. No, I,
0: I I go to uh, Asian markets and I just buy them in bulk. So they're real fortunes. They're real fortunes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. Do you yeah. play jazz throughout the evening as well? I don't. Uh, uh, I
2: think that'd
1: be like the, the perfect icing on the cake. I think so. No, yeah. That sounds
0: like the perfect. I think my producer was just like, no, let's get let's get some people comfortable and interested. So <laughs> right. like, yeah, that might alienate the last few who he, come. He he plays <laughs> classical music, and and we're like, it, it's kind of fitting with the gimmick, mm. right? Uh, my roommate for Christmas actually got me a monocle which i use in the show to read the fortunes cuz it's dark and so it's like it's a really sticky bit that actually helps so so the idea is
1: sort of it, it's this faux elevated sophisticated yeah, evening like a, kind a of thing yeah like a
0: french salon okay you know where artists meet to discuss ideas cuz i like i i never like people who are are just one thing i like mm. everybody talking to make a new thing and to be honest, before I started doing stand-up, I wanted to be uh, an, an animator. And then enough people hmm. told me, like, you're not good <laughs> at this. Like, I'm, everyone around me could draw better faster than me. But then they're like, but you write the word bubble. So I'm like, okay, so maybe <laughs> there's something here. Interesting. Yeah. Cool uh matt how about you
1: do you remember your first uh
2: yeah um dr demento show mm. uh, back in the 80s um so i was probably around 11 12 when i first heard it and, and it is completely age inappropriate now it wasn't the entire mm. album it was the uh jesus and moses bit oh, on the okay. dr demento yeah, show yeah. because he'd, he'd run that and uh yeah it stuck huh. with me and it was like oh wow that's that's i didn't think about that and it got me thinking about like you know poverty and and the greed of the church. that's sort of like it was like a gear shift for me as a kid right um especially growing up not a religious home but like you know there's a lot of faith in 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 in, and around my life right so it sort of got me thinking about things a bit differently so this
1: would be mid 80s i guess yeah yeah probably 85 85 yeah so we'd already had uh carlin prior yeah uh people like that so did you come to bruce before them or simultaneous so simultaneous. it's like okay. i was like
2: dumped in the deep end of like subversive comic thought right um, yeah. because like interesting yeah there's uh the there's an hour of comedy on chum mm-hmm. in the in the in the like i think into the 90s mm-hmm. um one radio is still a viable platform right um and they would just like every Sunday night. So from 10 to 11, I'd listen to like that. And then from 11 to 12, it was like, like the shadow and like radio show radio Very play cool. kind of yeah. stuff. And uh, yeah. So it was like, you know, I was listening to all of these comics and like the, the, yeah, it was like prior, you know, Lenny Bruce, Carlin, all of that stuff. And it's funny because like the stuff that I, it wasn't the more subversive stuff for Carlin, like, like Wino wino radio and bits like that. Right. Um, right. Which are sort of like an, not his mo- like he has some really lame stuff yeah. early on mm-hmm. like
1: they so, probably played the hippie dippy weatherman, yeah, hippie like that. weatherman yeah. Yeah. so it's
2: like his earlier material but but uh which would actually be closer to being you know concordant with this bruce stuff they were playing right kind of stuff because that would have come in the early late 60s mm-hmm. early 70s and this would have been like mid early early to mid 60s was his stuff okay.
1: and and so uh it opened your mind to some stuff but the, are you still a fan do you uh
2: Yeah. I mean, I, if you go back, I've, I've been, I think I've become, I became critical and jaded towards this material after a while, but that was because because I hadn't been listening to it. Okay. And I sort of like had it through that filter of time. Right. But going back and listening to it again, I'm like, Oh no, I get it now. And so like, if you listen to old podcasts, I've been unkind to Mr. (laughs) Bruce, Um, but like, returning to it and actually listening to it in seriousness i'm like oh i understood where he was aiming with those jokes so like refreshing the mind and not like the context of i'm a 12 13 year old listening to it right and that memory of the joke Mm -hmm. but like you know a 40 something person who knows how comedy works and knows how joke structure works and is like oh no no he was that he was not being a dick about this <laughs> his intent is the opposite of how i interpret yeah. Him as the time. yeah he
1: seems much more progressive than a lot of people at the time yeah. i mean decades ahead of his time for what comedians are willing to talk about mm-hmm. for sure i uh i came about finding out uh who he was sort of in a in a strange way i was um a teenager and just really into movies i was a mm. huge movie buff and i and i was a comedy buff too but I think a little uh, after his era, I was big into people in the seventies. I loved Steve Martin and yeah. uh, uh, some 60 stuff, Smothers Brothers and stuff like that. Um, and Carlin, obviously. But uh, when I first sort of knew who he was, it was through the movie Lenny. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I had sort of heard the name Lenny Bruce, but You know, this is in the 90s, and it it wasn't always that easy to just get an album that people had been talking about like it is now. You can find anything online. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had never really heard him or seen a special of him or anything, but I knew he was in this movie. So I rented this movie, Lenny, with Dustin Hoffman, and I didn't like it. Um, I might have been too young to sort of appreciate it. I found it very dry. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of nudity. Um, Did that rope you back? I don't even remember that. It was a while ago, but I remember not liking... Dustin Hoffman as Lenny Bruce. I thought uh, he didn't seem like a very funny comedian to me. I mean, (laughs) Dustin Hoffman isn't the first person you think of when you think of, you know, the funniest actors out there. I mean, he's done some stuff later. I Heart Huckabees. He did some funny stuff in that. And, And he has a funny way. But I don't think it was the right casting. Yeah. Um. So for a long time, I pictured Lenny Bruce as Dustin Hoffman, <laughs> uh, which isn't fair. No. And then uh, shame it, on you. Uh, <laughs> it, it was only the last couple of years that I revisited him again, and um, I think sort of like you, I I appreciate what he's doing. Well, maybe you didn't say this, but I appreciate what he's doing more than I enjoy it. I don't find him particularly funny, which might be a controversial thing to say, but I find him clever. Uh, And I, I admire his energy, much of it drug fueled, uh, of course, but I, I admire the confidence he has to just string things together. Like it, it, I'd be interested to see his process because it seems like he's out there with no plan. And that, he has ideas he's mulled yeah. around but I don't know if he wrote, has written bits you know he yeah. he doesn't seem like that kind he of
2: burns material pretty fast from like in, right. the, in the longer yeah. when he talks about that and it, yeah. he kind of and he talks about Bob Newhart in the longer episode in the longer album mm-hmm. kind of touches on that too whereas like when he gets bored with it he's not when he doesn't cook with it as he says yeah. he says yeah yeah uh he just abandons it yeah so, that's so, that's yeah.
1: cool uh but it's it's really interesting i I feel like he he had changed what comedy was into something else oh, for without sure. quite doing what it ended up being because of his influence if you know yeah. what I mean like yeah. uh, like I, we wouldn't have I mean I think you mentioned before we were recording that he basically invented the form, form.
0: and uh yeah and then kind of like Carlin and pryor were just like okay let's let's nail some stuff down yeah, so we're not, yeah like let's put in a net and those <laughs> are
1: the perfect uh two people to mention right away i think i think they were the closest uh at the time who were watching what he was doing and yeah. emulating it but i in my opinion did it perfected it and i mean that that kind of is nice when somebody invents something, mm-hmm. yeah, and then you can shape it. Of course, you're going to be able to improve it and, and do better. But yeah. I think Carlin is the is the master of that form. Yeah,
2: and I mean, there's he was very supportive of younger talent
1: as well. Right. Well, like, I mean, he had he had someone take him under his yeah. wing too. I mean, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, like, yeah.
2: uh, I think Joan Rivers Jane talks Rivers, about how, yeah. like, when it's her and Cosby and Woody Allen doing the yeah the folk bar circuit in New right. York, he'd come out and watch them to. I mean, that entire shtick in Mrs. Maisel about, you know, him kind of mentoring her in a way is not based on nothing. Yeah, it's there. There is that relationship that he had with younger talent. And I think Mm -hmm. in a way, you know, I mean, I'm projecting here, but based on the way he speaks in his material, I think he'd be happy that he helped transform the medium, not necessarily himself, but through subsequent generations of comics
1: Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, it, it seemed to me, too, like in, in sort of later recordings, it seemed like he was going on a bit of an ego trip. Like, I think he, he seemed like he was pretty a pretty big fan of himself, I would say. Would you guys say he comes across that way as, uh I mean, he, he definitely has confidence.
0: He you had know. righteous anger, right. I think, because like every bit that he writes is about like this is what. We say we're doing, and this is mm-hmm. what's actually happening. Yeah. So right. as soon as like he could actually prove there was a con- a government conspiracy out to get him, yeah, how would you not go a little bit crazy? Yeah, from yeah. that, right? Uh, well, and plus his
1: addiction to drugs was getting worse as yeah. well. Right, yeah. affect- So
0: it's like a catch twenty
2: two. He's addicted to drugs, and the government are persecuting him. So he takes drugs because he thinks the government are persecuting him and then they persecute him for taking, it's like, right. He's caught in this vicious cycle of you know, self-fulfilling prophecy in a way. Yeah. Well, yeah, I ended up killing him. Yeah. 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 But I, I don't know if it's ego so much as, yeah, I, I, I think I agree with Andrew and it's that mm-hmm. it's like, it's not about him. It's about a broken system. Yeah, uh, in, in an entire broken society where you know they like the entire thread of this album, like I've written it down over and over and over again. You know, hypocrisy, yeah. the hypocrisy of society, and so many levels. Like the Vegas bit in the album, right. where it's all about you know, oh, because back then you know, the mob hadn't given up on pretending not to run Vegas mm-hmm. because there's, there's like a new enterprise for them. So it's like, oh, we have to have this air of of proper stuff so here's some art and here's some classical music and i was like
0: no right it's just tits and ass that's what people are going to Vegas yeah. for. 100 and even just the side bit where he's just like we all know gay people exist right but it was the yeah. 50s so we were doing that like uh leave it to beaver like everything's fine communism isn't real yeah right, right. yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's funny too like i talked to my grandmother who you know passed away um, a couple of years ago and you know she we talked about how there, there was a gay Man across the street from her, growing up, and her like, it was the exact same thing as in that bit. It's like the mom is like, "I can't believe he's not married. He's such a nice boy." You right. know, it's like this is Winnipeg in 1952. It's not mm-hmm. gonna happen. Anything. You made
0: it sound like Rear Window, where she's just up with binoculars Like, there's a gay man across the street. I swear to you, it's not in my head. it's All the authorities. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah yeah
1: yeah it 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 blew my mind to hear him talk about uh, that kind of stuff in such a frank open way yeah um not really beating around the bush not using innuendo like just coming out and saying yeah this Mm -hmm. is this is happening this is the deal and uh and people seem receptive to it too
2: and then interestingly that's i think what got him arrested more than curse words it's like he's broaching these subjects that like the society is like that is obscene
1: well yeah he wasn't charged with uh,
0: profanity it was vulgarity and obscenity right um and it didn't start happening until after uh, a, a a judge tried to get him to give him a bribe and he went to the news with it and then all of a sudden everyone took a real interest in him is that right oh, yeah wow. i hadn't heard that story there's a uh, bunch of, it's a super weird mythology because yeah. there's stuff that, like, if you watch Lenny, it was written from the perspective or the retelling of his mom and his wife. And then if you read How to Talk Dirty and Influence People, it's from his perspective of what happened. But and then was, there's an in-between. But that mm-hmm. that wasn't even written by him, right? Like, that was
1: written by, he, he um, wrote by it, Krasner, wasn't and it? And then
0: Paul Krasner kind of... He had to edit it right. while uh, Lenny was in prison, and kind of pieced it together to make a cohesive narrative. Mm-hmm. Because, right. like, I could only imagine how long the book would be when you have nothing but time. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah.
2: and, and to, you know, he did a two-hour comedy album. But like, yeah, right, <laughs> like, yeah, his book would be six volumes. I would yeah, think. yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, now, Krasner was uh, a protege of uh, of Bruce, right?
0: I believe so. I know he was a social satirist.
1: Yeah. And and they sort of, they hung out and, uh, he interviewed, Krasner interviewed Bruce for playboy at one point. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know, really know that much more about him.
0: Right. Um, everybody always bugged me when Hugh Hefner died that just like Hugh Hefner was actually a, a really big proponent for free speech. And like he published, uh, interviews with black people. I'm like, that that's the bare minimum of being a good person. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like he's also on record is like calling Quaaludes like thigh openers and stuff like yeah. that. I'm like, no, he was yeah. not.
1: Yeah, yeah, not the best of us. <laughs> yeah,
0: no. No. <laughs> although. Uh, from someone else who also has many silk smoking jackets like that, <laughs> that, that was tight game recognizes. Well, okay. yeah, it, it can
1: excuse a lot of bad behavior. If you wear a good uh, silk yeah. smoking, smoking jacket, jacket. people yeah. will think you're a man of the world. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: but yeah, it's, I, I know I've, I've found that um, like, there's so much, there's so many stories about about, him? L- about yeah. Lenny Bruce yeah just about the and it's like it's like hard to draw the line like you're saying the the, the movie is based on two people two other people's re- recounting the book is his own recounting. recounting and then you've got like these other vectors coming in of people right. like, like this is actually what happened here this is what's happening like that is reading up on um Don Friedman who did the introduction
0: oh, to yeah. that
2: who's a jazz pianist and it's like what a weird choice to have introduce and yeah. offer this commentary at the top oh, of your so album weird. about yeah. the dirty comic or the, the
0: sick comic, which also, is... Also, what a terrible intro for comedy. Yeah, it's like, like this uh, guy's going to offend you, but
2: yeah. he's really, this is it's like this this is high things. art. You should all yeah. be thankful yeah. of, like, uh. you
0: know what's conducive to comedy? Lecturing. Yeah. And, and the, <laughs> the,
2: the funny part is, like, Friedman met him when going to a strip joint back in the 50s, yeah, And Lenny was still emceeing the burlesque club. So it's right. like going to a burlesque show, the burlesque act bailed. So Lenny goes backstage and then comes out naked. So that's how <laughs> they met. Yeah. And, ah. and, and then years later he has him introducing this like really heavy thing. And the irony being that introduction is as relevant to comedy now as it was in 1961, mm-hmm. you know, like there's that, that, that concept of context is king, which is another theme that runs all through the album, like context, context, context. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he has a bit of moral relativism, which is, I'm a little, uh, I'm, I'm not, is a little bit tricky. Right. Um, whereas I'm, i I understand what he's trying to say, but in practice. What specifically? Oh, well, I mean, he talks about how, you know, what's right for you is not, what's right for me may not be right for you, but what's right for me or for me. I'm trying to let me know what bit is that. Um, yeah,
0: it's
1: a very 60s. Yeah, it's, it's it. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, yeah, I'm OK. You're I, like, OK. Yeah,
2: like the KKK, uh, the Ku Klux Klan bit that mm-hmm. he did and point of view, um, you know, he's like, you know, what cooks for you? It cooks for you, man. Um, yeah, and right. and it's, it's all about, you know, American exceptionalism, hypocrisy. <laughs> like those are the core themes. But ultimately, so like I mean, there is a line and 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 that's kind of it's interesting because he's sort of playing. I th- I think he was struggling with that line, too, because of mm. that that very intro. He's understand trying to explain, you know, context is important. And what I'm saying is these things are wrong. Quality is subjective. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so it's it's an it's an interesting thing to, like viewing his work through yeah. that lens.
0: Well, it, it yeah, it, it's also an interesting thing that like. It this also exists as a time capsule, yeah, which sure. is very interesting to see how people were talking about things, what they weren't talking about, what the issues were, and I still find that fascinating because a lot of people who will not even put on the album or like he makes a lot of references i don't get and i don't understand that personally because (laughs) the complete like uh human consciousness exists in a little brick in your pocket like if you don't know something look it up to to be to
2: be fair uh like he does have a bit about that like literally so people didn't get him back then either yeah (laughs) and because like as he said his his language is larded with the uh the hipster idiom the the Mm -hmm. jewish idiom the high intellect idiom as like i'm like okay the fact you're using idiom in a bit (laughs) is like uh, that's 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 already a stretch you're already flexing there yeah um (laughs) you're like really doubling down on the fact like oh haha i'm the smartest man in the room Mm -hmm. Uh, which he is he is a very smart man and it's like it but the complaint of like i don't get it i'm like yeah like yeah, yeah use the internet look it up but yeah. a little, like spritzo i didn't i I, I had to f- piece that one together on my own because that's not yeah the, 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 i'm like maybe that's, that's a my, fun one
0: i like yeah, that one but there's yeah. but a
1: lot of the, the the bits are explained thoroughly but succinctly enough that even if you don't get every reference in them you understand yeah this is clear to you yeah. yeah and he doesn't really waste a lot of words i mean yeah. right off the top uh, it th- This album starts a little shaky. It's it's him doing some. I don't
0: know, like well, he has some... to get out of the hole of the preachy intro. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, really like, this is a good album inside. for, like, oh, how's he going to get out of this? Right. Yeah. And
2: then, then all the technical failures where he just sort of leans <laughs> oh, into it and just makes makes a sandwich out of them because yeah. it's like. Carnegie like, Hall's for
0: instrument sound, not for yeah. talk. It's a completely different mic. It's a yeah. whole. Yeah. This is a whole separate podcast that no one wants to hear. So I'll drop <laughs> it. But just like. Find a red ring, mic. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Or no, blue. Blue. Oh, oh there you He, he almost, he almost misled people. 50-50 yeah. uh, chance.
1: Yeah. Good luck, Carnegie Hall, if you're listening.
0: <laughs> Get it together, Carnegie Hall.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I like that he he does make something out of those bits, but he doesn't ever um, attack the the venue. He doesn't no. really like, make fun he, of he, the text he,
2: and stuff. He, he, He's playful with them like yeah ah, you're not gonna eat yeah. tonight he acknowledges but right. human error <laughs> right. and is yeah. playful about well, it even, even that like it's not a, really a heckler but it's like a dicky fan who's shouting out at one point and mm-hmm. then he starts a conversation about like how much he paid for those seats and the, right. the balcony and then he's like wait a second you can hear me. We're having a conversation.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you just want to be on the album. Which is also the point of the plane bit, because he's just like, here's an example of me being a dick and not acknowledging in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, I have to make it here, even if I'm probably going to die in a plane, which like, what year did Buddy Holly die in the plane? Like, that might be... 59, I think. Yeah, 59. 59. So, fairly, <laughs> like, three years before that. Yeah, know, he, so. yeah, he should know. Like, that should be a fear in the back of yeah. his head.
2: But and it has kind of the, the point, though, because he's like, "In what a flamboyant time we're in, where I can just be such a prick about this. Like, yeah. I can be so cavalier with my, not just my life, but the life of this pilot who's going to be flying me there because yeah. I'm like, I have to be for this there for this gig. I would lose
0: $2,000 kind of thing. So, it's like... Right. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's really interesting because the fact that this exists is an important time capsule of yeah. like delving into the issues is such an opposite idea of how a lot of people are making comedy albums now about like, mm. I want to make something that doesn't have those references Timeless. so it can stand the yeah. test of time.
1: But then it's toothless ultimately <laughs> yeah. and, and watered down sometimes. Uh, it, we're not talking about the things of our time, which I think is important. Well, uh, you'd
0: never say that about like hip hop in the eighties, like one of the reasons like NWA and, mm-hmm. and like Wu Tang clan and a uh, tribe called quest is like, it was all talking about politics and right. what was relevant. Then. Some
1: themes just never yeah. go to style for lack of a better term. And I mean, exactly. Sa-
2: in, a, in a way, sadly, this is still probably one of the more relevant albums that we've listened to on the show because right. so many of these themes continue to resonate now. Sure. yeah. And I mean, in a way, like it's kind of saddened that, contemporary comics aren't addressing the issues as well as a guy in
1: 1961 did. Right. Like, well,
2: I mean, but that. Like that, not all, but some contemporary but that, comics. But that,
1: yeah. But that, but you know, not every comic is a, a political warrior either. And doesn't well, have I to mean, be.
2: But look at Dave Chappelle in his Ooh, last three okay. specials. Here's a conversation. Um, all right. So <laughs> I, all three of them have not dissimilar language. Mm-hmm. To what is in this album
0: mm-hmm. But they I'm p- drinking water now To get ready for a spit take
1: <laughs> But
0: I'm gonna do visual
1: humor Over the radio <laughs> There's a there's a skewed point of view I would say Yeah
0: but
2: it punches In the exact wrong direction right. Whereas Bruce right. Aims up Yes like he punches he in, up
1: He punches up he's anti-authoritarian anti authority
2: He's, he's, he's in, in, in the language he uses At the time they're, they're, The key difference is Society didn't Like glom on or grok to use like Hmm. sixties vernacular that saying the F word was hurtful, you know, using these words in the way that he uses them is hurtful because he was also friends and a clear ally of, of people of color of gay people Mm -hmm. of, of, of all these people that he seems to make fun of in there. But when you listen to the context, it's like, no, no, no. It's like an Archie bunker situation. He's making fun of the people who think that way.
1: Yes, yeah, yes, exactly.
2: Yeah, and Chappelle is like, I'm all about free speech. I'm all about Mm -hmm. I'm all about truth, the power.
0: And then like, it's not punching up. He's though. not punching up. No. He's, like, he's using grand. the wrong word. He's using the wrong word, but, but yes. the right intent, whereas he's, yeah. he's and using, at the time it was accepted.
1: Yeah. Right. There uh, were
2: other, uh, the language was less defined at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whereas Chappelle's just lifting himself up yes. and, and often cases lying as part of the bit, like the, the entire in equanimity, um, the second of the three specials where he really, where he first doubles down. Um, <laughs> right. He talks about this letter where he's he's deliberately vague about the um, the origin of the letter. Right. And it turns out it was re- he, he's implying it was from a white trans woman. Right. The truth is it was from an Asian cisgendered male who was an ally of the trans community who and he just reframes it all
1: as a better narrative as a for, a for, yeah.
2: for self Whereas I don't think Bruce would do that. I don't mm. think he would lie. Like I, th- mm. I think he, it would I,
0: probably be less interesting to him.
2: Yeah. I mean, the truth is more
0: interesting than the
2: lie and the truth is like, you know, right. and, and I think that's the different, like these are the big, you know, truth tellers in the, the comedy world amongst mainstream comedy. I right.
0: think yeah. that's so funny because there's certain like comedy clubs you can go to where it'll be like a mural of like Lenny Carlin, uh, uh bill hicks Kinnison, as like these people like told the truth i'm like lenny bruce does a lot of like silly make them up bits. like he's almost yeah. a sketch comedian by himself like it's, yeah. it's all about love and relating and carlin uh also wanted to be a poet like he's up there with lawrence ferlinghetti he cared about the rhythm and stuff more oh, yeah. and of this like you, you hear all of that yeah, and mm-hmm. I feel like now it's just using an excuse for shock, for shock's yeah. sake.
2: Yeah, like for for mm-hmm. all of them. I mean, Kinison and I was less of a fan of, but, mm-hmm. you know, and Bill Hicks was, he's a hard listen. Uh, like, he's a difficult listen at times. Yeah. You know
0: what was but, funny yeah. for me is I grew up in a very religious household. And so, like, when Lenny Bruce did all these bits about anti-religion, I was like, oh, my. <laughs> oh, what's this? I better keep this a secret. But my dad... I learned very quickly if it was funny you could get away with it. My dad liked Bill Hicks a lot more really? than Lenny Bruce and I'm just like huh. he's way harder on yeah. religion.
2: And but, but all of them are very much about like the truth and the feeling. You know, like they, mm. they, they, they don't embellish because they don't need to, like the, the, the spirit of the material is carried forward.
1: Oh, and they and they know their and, audience too. Yeah. Like I, I picture audiences for, for both of these guys, Hicks and Bruce. Just nodding constantly, you know, like you're yeah. speaking my language, type of thing, and yeah.
2: and uh, yeah, I mean, they, they, they the you know Bruce did the like the underground circuit before when it was literally all clubs that were underground. Yeah. Kind of oh, it
0: was like cafes. It was the Hungry Eye and the Blue Angel, yeah. and they're like, and and now that it exists a little bit more stuff like Comedy Bar, where it's yeah. like it's mm-hmm. a a club ish thing it's redefined itself yeah,
2: yeah. I mean I, and that's one of the reasons why I love that venue so much is it's much more in the spirit like yeah, yeah I mean I can go to you know yuck yucks mm-hmm. yeah name a it doesn't have that hole in the wall feel. yeah that. I mean like and, and nothing against people who work at that it's, yeah. it's a paycheck sure. I can understand that but if you want to go somewhere where you see something that's experimental and a lot of the people who work at yuck yucks go to places like the comedy bar yeah. and yeah they they cook to use the, well, that's, to use that's the where comics yeah. go, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: Like, if other comedians want to see comedians, they go to comedy bar or just hang out. Like, yeah. yeah. If you go to you go there on almost any night, have a couple of beers, you're going to see some of the best people in the city just hanging out, and you always have a great conversation, and it's very collaborative and and dark and <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. I love it's
2: it there. It's that formula of low ceiling uh you know dark walls yeah. comedy,
0: comedy like, can you, only happen in a basement uh, yes. but even beyond that like I <laughs> you mean, can get cell phone reception it's not it's not, not right. right it's not a good uh, comedy but,
1: <laughs> but also with uh yucks and absolute they uh they push the goofiness uh, in their presentation like mm. i hate going to a show and it starts off ladies and gentlemen get ready to laugh by the way everyone's toes uh, cars were towed oh, oh, here we go like it's yeah. just that yeah. real chuckle hot, like they've got some kid who's allowed to intro the show and he thinks that's what comedy is and like yeah. it just kills the cool factor
0: <laughs> but completely. like absolute threw me off the first couple times I did it because it looks like a normal club yes. but most of their poll is with college kids Yes, so it yeah. was the first time uh, like I'm 32 and the audience is like 19 to 21 they're like I don't relate to you old man <laughs> they're like, what happened oh, they, and, and looping
2: back to Lenny Bruce that's a hilarious thing that in 1961 he was having that same conversation with his audience where it's like okay I'm not letting any of the olds in anybody yeah. who's older <laughs> yeah. than 40 you're not allowed in. oh <laughs> we're gonna drink and bringing fake ID I'm yeah, like, no, yeah, yeah. Get out of here <laughs> and it, it's, like, it's like we are it's like Everybody's like oh so much has changed I'm like yeah but so much is Absolutely 100% The same at the same mm-hmm. time And and that's what this album is really Amazing to, for illustrating It's like so much has gone, Come so far and yet so much has Stayed exactly where it was 100% uh,
0: mm-hmm. as far as you were saying about Like uh, uh, no one's really Doing the time capsule bit yeah. I find that Lewis Black is still good at that mm. and Greg yeah. proofs because yeah. like uh, Lewis Black has an album, um, uh, the Performing Arts Center Blues. I forget what the perform, which perform, but it's like right after 9-11 happened mm. going into the Iraq war and it's all political and it's just like, yeah, if I had to listen to one to really get what was going on at the time it would be that one yeah Greg Proops's last one was just all about Trump era and like mm. insane billionaires controlling everything yep. and I'm like yeah I I, I still find the timestamp really valuable because I'll make something else a couple of years from now yeah. yeah well and it's
1: a it's a neat like you said before it's a it's a cool way to hear about history where you're being entertained you know if you're into comedy it's a great way to to see that moment in time or hear that moment in time i'm curious to know how many trump era albums will be popular in 10 years cuz these days it seems like a very sort of cathartic thing mm-hmm. to laugh through it but do we want to relive it again yeah. in 10 years will we enjoy it or I, just be shaking our heads the whole time um, yeah.
2: i went to Noma last week I'm, I'm completely spacing on the name of the comedian i saw um i'll put it in the notes okay when <laughs> later on uh but uh, i'm gonna make a guess
0: alonzo bowden yes thank you yeah, thank great. you
2: yeah um and
0: thank you thank you I, I, don't, I, I, I,
2: I, I had seen him just in bits before so i hadn't really know his fully but like he talks about just being exhausted by the he's like you know people are yeah. like oh you know it's gonna be a gold mine for for comedy and it's like yeah no it's like when this ass hat's out there doing stuff that's so ridiculous, you like you can't make fun of it because it's already its own joke. Well yeah. it's, it's
1: pretty low hanging fruit. A lot of oh, this stuff oh, is so simple and nuke
0: it's Nuke hurricanes. That's a <laughs> real hurricanes. headline that happened Well, and like and, the onion must just like, like drinking like every, like, every, day. Well, every <laughs> late night
1: talk show host made a joke about it. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, it's it's hard to be fresh about what he's doing because all the things he does are in tweets, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's so a the perfect size. amount of material, they to like, are, like, but like, it's hard to exploit it. and make yeah. fresh
0: and new.
2: Well, when there's like you know, a tweet storm every day, how do you right. joke
0: I mean, on top of a jo- like yes, so a uh, uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: like when you're making jokes about the Obama era that's actually a nice challenge because yeah. there's, there was a lot to make jokes about. There's a sure. lot of things that like as great Clinton as he too. was. Yeah.
1: Clinton. And yeah, then everyone before that. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: there's lots of like, you know, but Obama, perfect example, good president in a lot of ways, bad president in a lot of ways. And there's <laughs> stuff to make jokes about, but you have to work for those jokes. And I think most yeah. comedians would rather work for their meal. Well, than yeah, just have it, yeah. Yeah. But know? yeah, Trump
1: just feels like, you know, kicking a kid that fell down in a way, but he's in the highest position of power imaginable.
2: It's
0: a, it's a weird. I'm
2: I'm very curious how Lenny Bruce would handle Trump's America.
0: It's. Well, I mean, Mort Saul is still doing a weekly show that you can live stream and like, they their contemporaries. He's still around. That's true. So like, wow, that's and that was true.
2: that was an interesting bit that he did too, talking about his. It's cut from the thirty minute album, but where he's talking about his contemporaries and he's like talking about the comedy around him.
0: um There's a good interview. They let him host a uh, radio hour and just talk about comedy, and he's mm-hmm. just like, "Here's some good joke writers that I don't like as people." And um, oh, what what's his ah. Uh, uh, old uh, black and white film star, W.C. Fields. Oh, he's oh, yeah. Famous yeah. anti-Semite. Yeah. He's just like, oh, he's a terrible person. Good right. jokes. Good <laughs> jokes. Uh.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you know, you can hate the guy, but enjoy the work. But yeah, yeah like he talks about Mort Saul, Bob Newhart, Shelley Berman, and he has this great story about Shelley not realizing there's a bunch of mobsters right in front of him. Yeah. And <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah, you know, this is a time when you were doing comedy. It wasn't, you know, it was literally not a safe space. It, it was oh, like, even Pryor
0: <laughs> has that bit about like, oh, yeah, the yeah. mob boss that wasn't gonna pay him and he didn't know they were part of the mob. Yeah, they're just like <laughs> laughing at him, like look at this kid. Like get, get oh, him some yeah. stromboli. Oh, oh, I love that you bit know? so much. Yeah, I love his voice. Yeah.
2: And he's talking about like he was there the, is like an old there's a musician that he was working with at the club at the time. And he's like an older jazz singer. And uh yeah, the, that that's a an awesome bit. Yeah. That he does. yeah
1: but yeah and like and as a, much as a great things moment change. In time. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well speaking of that um do you think this album what if this album came out today you think think most people would get it you think most people would appreciate it or do you think you have to be a history nerd a comedy nerd to like
0: it i uh, well, guess first <laughs> um i think we're just catching up Where it is now, like the Mm -hmm. bit about how, like, it's weird how people refuse to acknowledge gay people, like, that wouldn't hold up, right? What I find interesting is the bit where he's talking about how great capitalism is. Uh He hasn't hit trickle down economics in the 80s, right? Or like now, cell phone companies have all made this like agreement to be like, if we all give bad service, where are they gonna go, right? Like, (laughs) it is the communist thing he was talking about, it's sort of like reverse relevant. Things yeah. he didn't know yet. Um, right. Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah. So, so yeah, people now wouldn't... It's not that they wouldn't understand the concepts, but they wouldn't be able to relate to it because it doesn't make sense to them because of how history unfolded.
0: Since. Yeah, it's just like... It, this would seem like three months too late, which is right. also sad because it was made in the 60s. So what, it's been like yeah. 40, 50 years? Yeah, yeah,
1: it's been relevant that long.
0: I remember listening <laughs> to this when I was 19, and he does a bit about... Um, uh, weed is going to be legal because all the biggest potheads he knows are lawyers. And I remember, mm-hmm. like early two thousands, being like, "Yeah, any day now." <laughs> that's gonna. Meanwhile, they've been waiting forty years for yeah. that prophecy to yeah. come. And through. I still had to wait like twenty. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, I, you know, personally, I think it's a fifty-fifty thing. The themes yeah. are still relevant. The core messages are still relevant in a lot right. of the pieces. I think the language yes. is a barrier. Um, For, yeah, dig. Totally. It dig. You know, I, I, I dig. I sent an email this morning and is like about mentioning money, and I almost used bread. Because uh-huh. I've been listening to this album so much, and then I was like, oh no, 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 that doesn't make sense. And yeah. then it's like, and then it's like scratch. I'm like, what the hell? Now when <laughs> you said
1: language, I assume I assumed you mean what would be considered inflammatory now, like the slurs oh, and what both, both. But, but yeah,
0: you think the uh you
1: think the beat speak is, the, is not did accessible? Did anyone notice
0: where uh he says uh in the Christ and Moses bit, he says friggin'? And almost hesitantly, like, he almost dropped the full F-bomb, but, like, yeah. even he, he didn't want pulled it wanna, just in
2: the last moment,
0: yeah.
2: yeah. Wow. Yeah, like, no, but, yeah, I think it's I think both. That's that 50-50 yeah. thing. Like, the yeah. the certain language that he uses is inac- unacceptable, and
1: certain language right. that he uses is in. Inac- accessible I, I wouldn't I would say most of it is accessible though I don't I don't especially you in the still context. Get context yeah clues. exactly yeah
2: like especially I said like the, the core yeah. themes are there and yeah. I mean it's listenable like if you're listening to this as a modern ear I think you can understand it. I think people, people that maybe,
0: weren't going to listen to it weren't curious
1: in the first yeah. place. But I, I mean, I, I, even modern comedians, there might be two or three yeah. phrases they say that I don't understand. But p- putting it yeah. in the
2: context of a modern audience, uh-huh. I think And, and that's again, it's, it comes back to that introduction where where he needed that warning. Huh. Current comedy culture is kind of regressive in a way. And in the mainstream. Uh, where it's 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 going back to that you are saying something that's challenging me right you're wrong
1: yeah and we don't prepare people for that anymore in comedy we we want to be or comedians seem to want to be as inflammatory as possible or as uh provocative as possible
0: um okay can i we were talking about archie bunker before this Mm -hmm. and uh to make it more controversial I'm going to say that the following is a quote from Bill Cosby. But back in the day, he had a big problem with All in the Family because he's just like, if you're a racist Mm. watching that show, uh, Archie Bunker never learns anything. Like, he doesn't grow as a person. Mm -hmm. So the person watching doesn't know that they have to change either because he didn't learn anything.
2: Interesting. Mm. the most powerful episodes of those shows, like there's this recurring arc I'm forgetting the name of the character, but it's a trans woman Mm -hmm. who is on three episodes and it starts like he saves her. And it's like this, the standard like, Oh, forgotten, like missed, you know, I thought, I thought you were a a woman gave you mouth to mouth. Oh my goodness. And all of the, the hygiene, but by, even by the end of that episode, there's growth because that character ends up pulling his ass out of the fire. Mm -hmm. The second one um it continues that growth arc where they become almost family-like and then the third one is like is a tragic ending but ends up totally robbing and like the the character dies uh, in a horrible way and they don't they don't sugarcoat it and archie mm. is shaken edith mm. loses her faith in god by the end of the oh, episode I remember this. And it's oh, like yeah. so i mean it's almost like a long game with that show, where they're like they're setting up, like they so. I think Cosby's not wrong in mm, totally that. That's something you don't hear very often. <laughs> yeah, you, that's the last time you'll hear me mark, say that. Mark the time on that recorder. <laughs> yeah. Um. In in that context of like in a lot of episodes, it doesn't feel like Archie has personal growth. Mm-hmm, right. But they play it out over like the long game of the series, mm, in, right? You know, in O A, way, which is, I think, what we're missing like people are so impatient with their comedy now they're mm. like if this isn't right out of the gate or if this isn't saying what i want out of the gate like you know they're they're not good to me
1: kind of well there's, i've got a couple thoughts on that too is that well to me one archie bunker was shown as a buffoon he yeah. wasn't like a hero to the american people where he should be an example to everyone right. yeah. but b uh TV shows are out there to make money. So if they can appeal to two different audiences, they're probably okay with that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I I will say, okay, I got two things on this. (laughs) One, I used to work as an artistic director for a geriatric theatrical sketch comedy group at a retirement home. That's right. I am a Wes Anderson film. Geriatric, (laughs) theatric. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, And Very I can the already effort. imagine the, the soundtrack to that movie right now. Plus, um, it was called Lion's Manor. And what happened was it was right next to the university. And their residents kept dying because they're old people. I'm sorry. uh, <laughs> But they needed student housing. So, like, the teenagers moved in with it. It was like Animal what? House in reverse. It, it, this is a whole separate podcast. But what I will say is being around that many old people, I did hear a lot of old people go like, I miss Archie Bunker. He said a lot of things that people were thinking like oh, you didn't you didn't really? beat it out a hundred percent right and to that to move it forward anthony Jesselneck mm. a lot of people will say he's playing a character and then you could argue like does everyone know that yeah because the last right. time jeselnik was in town i went i watched there's good jokes there but i was in a crowd where um, I thought I was gonna get the shit beat out of me <laughs> on laughing? the way home. No, no, no. Just for because uh, historically, I look very Jewish, and I'm not. Oh. But I have gotten a lot of anti-Semitism, regardless. And there's yeah. And he, you think not?
1: that th- they're fans of his? Yeah. because and they it. buy into it as legitimate.
0: And like, the, yeah. the interesting
1: wow, part. of 100. Yeah. I I don't think you can really know who he is. And believe that, well, like, like I um, mean, like he's in the thing, the him.
2: thing about Jeselnik too is he's come out and literally said PC culture is the right way to be, yeah. and that is important that we're politically, we're politically and and
1: socially aware in our speech. You can also hear it in his comedy. Yeah, so I mean, it, it's it's
2: one of those cases where the fan, this, it's it's like I hadn't my, it's like my issue with White Zombie in the nineties. Yeah. I hate. The fans, but I love the band. Well, people people kind of like that. Yeah,
0: Rick and Morty
2: is exactly like that.
1: (laughs) And yeah, you can't blame the art because people pick out ugliness and champion it. I, you know, that's not the fault of the artist. I don't think. I don't think it's the responsibility of an artist to make sure there's nothing someone can take and exploit and turn evil. But I mean, it's how they I don't know. How do you see uh, Jazzelnut? Do you think he's do you think he needs to take a bit more responsibility about that? I don't
0: know, honestly. Because, yeah, I just because people are going to go like he says one thing, but he's really talking to me, and like, right. how do we combat that?
2: And I mean, and and like, right. like he has actively come out well, against that's those people misinterpreting his but that doesn't it yeah it's like it's eventually like, uh, like where's the where, yeah. 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 yeah yeah that's that's a, it's an interest it's an argument and discussion i don't think we'd be able to resolve between no the three yeah, exactly us. but it's it's, it's interesting uh, Yeah,
1: it's mm-hmm. interesting well, i'm sorry that that's been your experience and it's uh it's it, unfortunate when i first saw anthony Chelsea like i saw him live at the comedy store in la and uh i wasn't a fan i thought this guy's just being a jerk For the sake of, but I watched his most recent Netflix special special and I thought it was brilliant. I really liked it. It was dark and definitely controversial, but you can just tell that it's, he's trying to make people uncomfortable. uncomfortable. And and at that recording, everyone in the room is like, I think they get it. Yeah. Like he, there's a point where he talks about, he tells this really long story about taking a friend to get an abortion. And just as he says that he turns to the crowd and says, Get on board right now if you're going to. Like, he just doesn't want to have the discussion about whether abortion's okay or not. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, I helped yeah. a friend do this. And, like, I feel like there's a lot of that peppered in his stuff where he's like, this story is awful and makes me look like a jerk. But clearly, the bigger picture is that this is not the way to be in right. life. Uh, like, he makes a joke about something about how he has AIDS. I mean, he clearly doesn't. Mm-hmm. That He makes himself sort of the butt of that. Don't I? I I'm afraid oh, I'm, no. sta- I'm starting to defend Anthony Jones on that crew. But it's but, just like uh,
0: people take whatever they want from anything, well, and
1: that's the problem. Yeah, and and, and whose responsibility is it? Yeah, and I, mean, uh,
0: and I mean, you could easily
2: listen to this album and come away with like, oh, he's like homophobic. Or, right. Yeah. You know,
1: like, well, he's saying things we wouldn't allow him to say. Like He would yeah. be he would be strung up for and, saying And, yeah, I, and I, like, I
2: seriously, yeah. th- because of the context of how he was saying this, this language that was offensive at the time, mm-hmm. I don't think he'd use those words today. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I, I think I agree. he'd be using different language yeah. that was equally as inflammatory. Yeah. But. But, In a different context, because I think he's like, because that is the one thing that is key to all these material well, punching with being up. hip. Yes. yes yeah, sure. that's true. It's yeah. not
1: cool to be yeah. a homophobe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, we've sort of talked about uh, his influence. I mean, it, it's pretty far reaching. I don't even know how we would nail down someone who is now directly influenced because he was sort of in a class by himself at the time not a lot of peers who were doing the things he was but then everyone after seems yeah. to have borrowed something from him mm-hmm. uh, so who would you say is a direct descendant can we even figure that out i think or,
2: I, I mean you know, talk, you know
1: correct me if i'm wrong but in a way i kind
2: of think Pretty much everybody in working in the that's what I'm field yeah. is a descendant. Unless they've
1: gone in a completely like, different direction, have, like Emo Phillips or something like that. Yeah. Is well, Emo not- Phillips
2: would interestingly be more of a Bob Newhart descendant <laughs> in Ooh, a way, working with the, because yeah. Bob Newhart be- was is a peer and worked in a very different mode. Yes, and he's sort of more absurdist and silly, yep. and that's the vein that Emo works in.
1: I suppose, and
2: so I, I think. I mean, he, I mean, much he's bigger, much, and bigger, uh, yeah, but it's still blown out dial yeah, dialed up. That's um, interesting.
0: I would put James Adomian in with Jonathan Winters, yeah, for example, because yeah. he like he'll still yeah. do some stand up, but he'll do it through character, yeah, to also get away with stuff. And 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 Jonathan Winters was like the covert spy of being subversive, like mm-hmm. with the grandma that was really into. Sax or the cop that was like i'll be back to shoot you later and like we gotta
1: do a jonathan winters episode his talent is so far reaching too and has different modes yeah yeah
0: um
1: but that even but he's that's a while back too yeah Um, and a contemporary of yeah and i think Marin has a lot i mean i don't think he's as clear-minded as bruce but i think think he has a lot of that anger and uh, i
2: mean you can almost draw a line between you know you know you can almost find a line between Bruce to like, to Carlin to Hicks. Some
1: I Leder- think Letterman's in there. too. Letterman man. in there. There'd
2: be in that. They'd be in yeah. that thread of angry comedy, which I think yeah. Lewis Black would hundred come off of as well. well
0: when I mentioned Lewis Black and Greg Proops, they grew up watching the people that yeah. Lenny Bruce would talk to and encourage. Right. So it's just like yeah. they still have a great reverence for that time. Lewis Black started at the Hungry Eye as well. Yeah. I think um,
1: Lewis Black, Kinnison, and uh, Hicks are in a slightly different class. They're, they're very angry, and 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 that becomes part of the bit, the character yeah. of them being so angry. Well, it's,
2: it's, interestingly, though, because I um, I went to see Kevin McDonald do a live thing, and, oh, and of the, the, kids the, yeah. right, the kids in the hall. Yeah, and um, Lewis Black opened for them oh, right when they were at the Hungry Eye. Yeah, yeah. And he wasn't as angry that's uh, a, that's a later development like it's still the same basic premise but it's like the he's voice. like the voice has changed over uh, the years slightly and that but it's like still the same core yeah. and and that's interesting to me It's like you find that sweet spot
0: Did, um well yeah uh Marin was in town filming a movie mm-hmm. and he was doing like drop-in sets and stuff all around and he's mm-hmm. he's back for JFL uh, but the drop-in set I saw him do, was 30 minutes on him dealing with his own toxic masculinity <laughs> and acknowledging it. So, I'm like, that's a Lenny Bruce thing. It is. But it's just, yeah. it's less political and more just of more like personal. into the human condition.
2: Which I think itself. is the change. I think well, that's the change th- culturally in comedy too. We've moved away from yes. political thought to self reflection. Well, we've uh, talked
1: about this a lot. That we expect our comedians to be vulnerable with us. Now, yeah. we we want to know who they are and what they've suffered with and we want to relate to them but also hope that they've suffered maybe a bit more than we have yeah. like you know it yeah. used to be we went to comedy to be told something by an expert and now we go to see some schlub tell us how crappy their
0: life is. right when when the doctor Makes told me i was better. bipolar it's like yeah, yeah license to print <laughs> money <laughs> If you let me out of this (laughs) padded room, I am going to make so much cash. Well, we never will. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, like, Chris Gethard, Maria Bamford. uh, Well, Ed Jonathan Winters, again, was very open about, like, he was in an insane asylum for a bit. Which seems like, have we changed the word for that? That seems... I don't think it really exists Yeah, that, they no. like they closed
2: them all in the 80s. Yeah. And, and Reagan closed them all in the States. They called them
1: sanatoriums. <laughs> they just Sanitarium. let them loose.
2: They literally did. That's where a lot of the homeless yeah. come from. It's insane.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and what it, do we have?
1: We have uh, the Canadian Association for Mental Health, CAMH, yeah. here in yeah. 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 I mean, they're just but hospitals, but yeah, they're basically, they're but with a specialty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: On that note, uh,. <laughs> <laughs> no but it is true you want them to be uh more personal and open yeah. up which is another yeah, thing want that to hear i think crazy. lenny uh um introduced because even yeah. on that album to a certain extent i feel like it's not for us it's for a hundred percent everyone that's in that room yeah. he is feeding right. off of their energy right. and guiding the experience that they're having together because he he stops too much to acknowledge someone who was yelling who was yeah. uh fooling around with the mic because yeah. he knows it's bad it's which an is, intimate
1: performance for and sure. it's,
0: it's a sign of a good comic to like be able to yeah. do your material and still be present but at the same right. time i know like i've seen comics live versus like we were recording an album okay this is yeah. by the book this is clean and there's still good albums but you can hear the difference
1: yeah it's it's always fun when they there's a little bit of riffing at some point it feels (laughs) fresher and more off the top and that's fun all right guys well that's lenny bruce thank you very much for listening uh my guest has been andrew lizotte and you can find him
0: um uh twitter uh uh, instagram all of the things is at thin lizotte
1: L I Z O T T E. Indeed, yes, it's And uh, my producer has been Matthew Ardill. And you're a student of comedy full on these days. You're, yeah, uh, yeah. You're doing Second City. And Second
2: City. I we just, I, I am in a sketch troupe now. We just had our first show on Wednesday. What's it called? Uh, Weird Town.
1: Weird Town. Look that up. You have a Facebook page, and you we have a a digital page. content as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We <laughs> we do sketches that are on YouTube. Awesome. My name's Jason Delon. You can find me right here. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time on Comedy Album Book Club.